Hey, everybody. Thanks for coming to another episode of My Angular Story. I'm the host, Aaron Frost, and today our guest is James. James, can you uh, introduce yourself to the community so everyone uh, kind of gets to hear who you are, where you're from? Absolutely. Uh, my name is James Spivey. I'm the director of engineering for Shutterstock. Uh, I've been in the industry for about 15 years. My Twitter handle is MySpivey, M-Y-S-P-I-V-E-Y, if you want to find me there. This episode is sponsored by Sentry.io. Recently, I came across a great tool for tracking and monitoring problems in my apps. Then I asked them if they wanted to sponsor the show and allow me to share my experience with you. Sentry provides a terrific interface for keeping track of what's going on with my app. It also tracks releases so I can tell if what I deployed makes things better or worse. They give full stack traces and as much information as possible about the situation when the error occurred to help you track down the errors. Plus, one thing I love, you can customize the context provided by Sentry. So, if you're looking for specific information about the request, you can provide it. It automatically scrubs passwords and secure information, and you can customize the scrubbing as well. Finally, it has a user feedback system built in that you can use to get information from your users. Oh, and I also love that they support open source to the point where they actually open source Sentry if you want to self-host it. Use the code devchat at sentry.io to get two months free on Sentry's small plan. That's code devchat at sentry.io. Cool. So uh, what's, your, what's your background with Let's hear about it. We're, here, we're all here to My kind back. of learn about your regular story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I actually started programming uh, in Cold Fusion and then Adobe Flex. Uh, yeah. I was a big Flex fan. You know, I, I was all about that Adobe life. Um, yeah. And then uh, Apple had a, a say or two about where that was going. And uh, so I started looking around for alternatives and uh, Angular just felt at home uh, as a Flex developer. You know, it, it's yeah. basically developed by the exact same guy. So it was a pretty good transition to uh, moving in the HTML world. And uh, yeah, I just got hooked on 1.0 and I've been pretty much with it ever since. Cool. So how early in 1.0 did you start using it? Oh, that's a great question. My, uh, my fading memory does not recall the exact version. Yeah. It was pretty early though. I wouldn't say like 1.0, but it was, uh, it was pretty early. Yeah. I started in 2000, the end of 2012. I think it was like dot nine. I don't think it was 1.0 yet. I don't know. It was why it was, it was pretty early though. Yeah. I feel um, like I was pretty close. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, so director of engineering at Shutterstock and for anyone who's like, what's Shutterstock? It's the people that they have the watermarks and all the images that you try and download from Google searches. That's Shutterstock, just in case you forgot. Much bigger than that. Yeah. We, do, uh, we do stock photography. We are one of the largest suppliers of stock photography, but we also do stock videos. We okay. Do stock music. Uh, okay. We do editorial work. So a lot of times when you're looking at um, magazines or online reports, uh, the, the photos of celebrities or politicians or whatever a lot of that's our work as well so and we do a lot of uh, branding work too so if um, a big company uh, wants to put together a photo shoot for their product uh, we help organize that there's a, a bunch more that we do but those are sort of the big ones it's a so but it is, it is generally around media and having kind of stock bunches of media that people can can use and, and purchase for use is that true that's definitely our biggest uh, our biggest segment for sure Cool. And then I didn't know you guys help organize like photo shoots and stuff too. That's pretty cool. 
we, we, we have sneaky tentacles doing all kinds of crazy things. Yeah, no, I mean, that's the capitalist rule is adapt or die, right? So it sounds like you guys have adapted into a couple different veins of, of the space. So that's cool. Um, so is Shutterstock doing stuff with Angular? That's where it gets rough. We don't touch Angular at all. Oh, okay. But uh, there is some interesting stuff. I can't go too much into detail because we're still working on it. Um, but there, there's some uh, some CLI type things that might be uh, wandering their way over to the uh, React realm. So um, yeah, this is a fairly new role for me. Uh, I've been okay. here for eight months or so. So before that, I was uh, the architect for a number of projects doing all Angular work. So it's kind of fresh being out of the Angular world. And I definitely miss my friends like Good Frosty here. Yeah. Out with y'all all the time. But the React world's also fantastic with great people in it too. Yeah, as we're as we're recording this, they're recording uh, React Conf. Like we could we could pop up in the live stream as we're talking. Oh yeah, they uh, they were just doing uh, the announcements on concurrency. It's super exciting stuff. I'm I'm really excited to see uh, where that goes. Yeah, well, cool. So, sounds like you architected quite a bit of Angular. Then I have done a lot of years of architecture on Angular from from one up for sure. So what um what are some of the I don't know. What are some of the things that you're like, I'm James Spivey. I'm good at this in Angular. What are some of those things that you're like, hey, I learned how to do these things really well as an architect? Uh, I think for me, it was following best practices and how to really put together a code base. You know, I, I've known a lot of the Angular community that sort of helped put those practices into place from the early days. Uh, John Papa, especially, you know, being the sort of foundation of the style guide. Uh, I'm a big proponent of the style guide. Um, I generally speak, speaking from an enterprise level, find that even if we don't all necessarily agree that those are the best solutions, as long as we come together and, and acknowledge that that's the thing we should follow, like the style guide's not always going to be perfect. And certainly we'll make adjustments uh, per company, per project based off of needs. But having that sort of roadmap really helps developers a lot in terms of okay, I'm going to join a new company, getting up to speed fast. If I already know that style guide, I can just hit the ground running. I know a lot of how they do things. I can sort of match, you know, a lot faster and integrate a lot quicker. Uh, so that was actually one of my interview questions for a long time. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't to weed people out. It was more just to sort of feel what their familiarity was. So I'd always ask if, if they had read the Angular style guide. So let's do some interview here. So let's see if, Everyone can get a live glimpse of if, if Frosty can pass the Spivey Angular interview. Let's do it. Let's do it. Up, though. You, didn't, you didn't give me that heads up. Because I, uh, I uh, these days, you know, the being a manager, the, the questions get very different, right? Like now my position is much more about how they'll fit with the team, the culture, the personality. So I've, I've had to adjust my questions a lot. I don't do the technical ones as much. I can certainly pull them up. I want to see it. Let's oh, just do it. This it's a good learning opportunity for the people listening. Put me on the spot like that. Yeah, sorry for putting you on the spot, but we got to do something. We'll do a little segment called "Interview Frosty" and see if I can pass your technical interview. Actually, I should make that a regular segment. I bet I people would like get a kick idea. out of watching me <laughs> fail <Okay>. this. And let me. Sorry, I just got to pull these up here. It's been a minute since I've even used them. See, I feel like it's cheating, though, because I already kind of know what you know. Like, we've talked about it a bunch in person about the stuff that you're familiar with. So it's kind of like I, I got to ask you some trick questions. You could trick me. You should, you should trick me. 
I don't know that I know any good trick questions for you though. I, I don't even like trick questions. I think it's unfair in an interview to actually do trick questions. Uh, so let's, uh, you can find them. Sorry. I tried. You tried. You can't find them. It's all right. It's all right. We don't have to do it. It would have been cool. Cause I just upgraded to Catalina. I had text Wrangler is where I had all of them. And now you can't use text Wrangler on Catalina. Really? The one that I had, it needs a, I guess I gotta find another version that's 64 bit compatible or something. Hey folks, this is Charles Maxwood and I just launched my book, The Max Coder's Guide to Finding Your Dream Developer Job. It's up on Amazon. We self-published it. I would love your support. If you want to go check it out, you can find it there. The Max Coder's Guide to Finding Your Dream Developer Job. Have a good one. Max out. All right. Um, bro, you, we, we got to make this part of the podcast not lame. You got to ask me one question. All right. And if it stumps me, it's better because then the listeners feel vindicated all right uh i feel like i want to go like get away from core let's do um how do you do compound selectors in ngrx oh geez compound selectors yeah see you just busted me i know how to do a selector i'm guessing that there's a create selector function that I can pass multiple selector functions to, or maybe there's a combined selector function that I can use to combine selectors. Yeah, That's what I would guess. That's what I would guess. I don't know off the top of my head. That seems like something. The front one, and you and you can even you can even question me on what a compound selector actually means. Is that just the accumulation of two selectors within the same state, or is this talking about combining selectors from multiple pieces of state? There you go. Yeah. What you, so what do you mean by yeah, let's go. What do you mean by uh what did you say complex? What do you mean by complex? Compound selectors, okay. yeah. Compound. Yeah. And I I typically would just accept two selectors from the same state that you you, you derive a third okay. selector that pulls from those two selectors to create a new value. Right. And I'm I'm a big so, you, so I'm a big proponent too of understanding selectors because I think that's the most critical way to pull data. From NGRX. So, what kind of selector did you say? Because it compound. got choppy there when you said compound, compound selector. Okay. So, yeah, I would guess that you could do create selector and pass it multiple selector functions. Is that a, is that what you're trying to say? Is yep. that the answer? Yep, that's the answer. Because that sounds like I'm like, hey, I'm, from what I know of the rest of the API, Brandon and Mike have made it super usable, and and Rob, I mean everyone who's been involved. Right. Sorry, I didn't mean to just put it on them too, but. That seems to make the most sense. I would just pass you two selector functions. Well, and I've seen a lot uh, coming into projects, companies, people don't understand that you can pass selectors to selectors. And so you'll tend to see just a giant selection of selectors and then you'll go into some components somewhere and then you'll see them selecting every one of those and then doing some combination through RxJS or whatever other approach that they're choosing, Yeah, uh, which is wildly inefficient, right? Like all of your selectors are always memoised, so you're gonna get much faster reaction times and reuse when you do stuff like compound selectors that you know, select off of other selectors. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is more efficient to use selectors instead of just doing your own combined latest. Although, um, depending on your app, the combined latest is probably just as efficient, depending on your app. Everything is dependent, right? Like yeah, there's yeah, no, there's no one right answer in anything we do in programming. That's yeah. why when it comes to like code exams or technical exams, 
I generally speaking, you know, I start every interview is just saying, Hey, this is supposed to be fun. Don't get nervous. We're not yeah. going to whiteboard. Whiteboards are silly. Like yeah. this is just a conversation to see what you think, you know, and then, you know, we'll write a little code, see where you go from there. Don't even sweat it. Right. Like this yeah. is be a good time. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Take the stress out of it. So like wrong answers, you know, I, I ask questions sometimes that I don't even know the answer to. I'm just curious if they do, you know, and maybe yeah, yeah. Be something in an interview. I, I always like that approach, you know, cause Google, uh, Google often did that, right? You know, in their early days, their CTO, their founders, they would, you know, they'd go into a meeting room and say, teach me something I don't know and see if you could teach them a subject matter they didn't have any familiarity with and get them excited about it. Right. Um, it's actually in their book. I thought that was really interesting. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, I like that. I actually would be interested to go into an interview where someone's like, oi, teach me something i don't know that would be that would be intense right it can be interesting i've been i've been using that one a little bit uh lately just out of curiosity for some people you know especially more senior engineers that have a, a breadth of knowledge that probably my domain doesn't fit within you know everyone knows a little something different or is a specialist in someone something different so i always find it intriguing to see you know what are they really passionate about what do they really want to know where they really want me to know uh, what do they really want to teach me about you know i've i've had a couple engineers that are super excited about functional programming and want to just tell me all about the advantages of functional programming and why it's so awesome. And it's like, I always find those really intriguing. Yeah. Yeah. When people get passionate, those, those, that's when you learn is if you're like, Hey, this person clearly cares about this. Um, it's, it's time to sit down and get ready to learn. So as a manager, how long you been a manager now? Did you say director? Yep. Director of engineering at uh, Shutterstock. Yep. Uh, I've, I've been a manager for a fairly decent amount of time now. I'd probably say I've been doing it for, I don't know, six years or so. Um, okay. you know, between previous jobs, I, I started a company. I was a CTO for a while, um, did that for a pretty long time and then, uh, bounced over to uh, Shutterstock. I'm really enjoying it. So I'm going to, I'm going to flip the table a little bit and put the pressure on maybe you. Sure. So I've been really like, I just, I just spent the first half of today at um, a training called the inclusion X project, which okay. is a training with a company called inclusion pro and the black chamber of commerce here in, in Utah. Awesome. It's all about increasing uh, your awareness and ability to promote inclusivity in the workplace. It was, it, it was really good. So let me ask you as a manager, or as a team, as a leader, let's just say as a leader, so you don't have to focus on management. Because a lot of the listeners are leaders. As a leader, how do you help promote inclusivity at work? And, and, and I'm asking that question, supposing me and you have the same definition of inclusivity. So feel free to clarify if you're not sure, but I'm supposing we, 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 we mean the same thing when we say that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, inclusivity can have a range of topics. I think for me, it's making anyone, regardless of race, gender, you know, orientation, all that sort of stuff, making them feel welcome in the workplace, you know, feeling a part of the team. Uh, And that's actually really important to me. Um, One of my most important hiring roles, one of the things that will help you get a job on my team uh, is not having a, a coding ego, just thinking you're always right or that you're the rock star that fixes everything. I, I put in all my job descriptions that we're looking for team players, not ninjas or rock stars. I've got a shirt that says I'm not a ninja. Um, you know, 
early in my career, I kind of had that attitude. You know, I, I fix all the stuff. I fix all the problems. Uh, and I feel like it hurt teams more. You know, I, I thought at the time it was, you know, we got a product out, made it better. But ultimately, it just made things more difficult for everyone involved, right? Because you're not you're not being collaborative. You're not helping grow others. You're just kind of concerned with yourself. And that was a, a wrong view. And, you know, I can't take those things back, but I can learn from them. And so a lot of that is, you know, uh, trying to get a workforce that's more balanced, has different views that that feels welcome and, and comfortable to share those views, you know, so that it's not one person that's like got these great views, but gets drowned out because they're not allowed voice. And so they don't feel comfortable sharing them. So, you know, trying to set an environment where that's a that's an understood that we want to be collaborative, that we want to help rise each other up and, and build a stronger team from that. I, I've been inspired by a lot of books that I've read recently to kind of raise awareness around inclusivity, around making people feel they belong, you know, and uh, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to do. You know, I think it's one of the harder aspects of software engineering is the communication piece. I mean, I don't think it is the harder part of, of engineering is the communication side. Yeah. Clearly the harder part. And um, being inclusive, like inheriting places that aren't as inclusive as they should be trying to leave them more inclusive than, than you, you know, uh, than when you walked in the door. It's important, but it's also difficult. And it's also really scary to talk about out loud. Um, what are some of the wins you've experienced through your career as far as like leaving a better legacy of inclusivity? Yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those things that I, you're always going to work on. Um, like you said, I think the first step is talking about having these types of conversations. You know, we've, we've talked about it a bit on um, the, this dot labs podcast too. And it's about, you know, sort of building those connections for us, you know, it can be anything, right? Like, Obviously, uh, you know, I, I've, I've worked with and, and been a friend of uh, Tracy for a long time. And I, I really mm -hmm. live by her model of, you know, change the ratio. Uh, yeah. I believe heavily in that. Um, so some of that has come from hiring, you know, like getting wins where we get people to stop just thinking there's one type of coder that we're looking for. Um, and it can be small things, you know, like I'm not going to name names, but, you know, the company had a problem with ordering just unisex you know, t-shirts and it, you know, doesn't fit everyone. Right. And so yeah. you were like, well, can we get some fem female cut? You know, that would be a really big win and just hammering and hammering and hammering on that, saying it, saying it, saying it, you know, and trying to push for let's, let's have stuff for everybody's body type. You know, and that was that we got that. And I was really happy about that. Adventures in Angular is a devchat.tv production made in partnership with Hero Devs. Hero Devs is a group of Angular experts who can help your team code like true developer heroes. If your team needs an Angular expert, reach out to Aaron at hero.dev today. I think, uh, I think it's a thing that more leaders in software engineering need to focus on. I like that you were willing to talk about it because it can be scary. And I, I, I just kind of pulled it out and, and put you on the spot for it. My hope is that more leaders, regardless of where they're from, what they look like, act like, where they spend their holidays or not, any of the diversity backgrounds that they might have or don't have, my hope is that leaders can own it because I think the role of senior engineer needs to expand to include that and it needs to expand to include culture because culture, you know, once you, when you're a junior engineer, you're kind of 
drinking out of the fire hose, right? And you're kind of barely able to focus on your own tickets and what you're being assigned, right? And you don't, you're still learning how, how to even talk to the designer. Like you're, you're still just learning your job for, for like largely, right? And then once you get into it, you're kind of now graduated to mid and you're able to focus on your own stuff and, and you're also able to start being aware of other people's stuff, even though you don't affect it as much. But then when you're senior, you're, you're now you're looking at your own team and you're kind of focusing on your whole team. True. Yeah. And I, think it's important. and I think that that part of that focus isn't just on the technical side. We also need to focus on is if I'm on James's team, is James welcome here? Is, um, is James welcoming others here? Right. Like those, the, both of those aspects. And so I think, I think, that the senior engineer role does need to expand generally to include these kind of. Um, I think, I think frankly, it's every level, right? Like, yeah, it starts at the top leadership, uh, a CEO, a CTO, they set the the bar for what a culture looks like. And then that trickles down, you know, and, and every level can adjust some of that and try to maybe push back on it if they want to, but it, you know, everyone's responsible for making an inclusive environment where people feel safe to challenge ideas and and bring new ones and not scare people out of the industry or or have too loud a voice and that's a that's an art form that all of us could always be better at you know i'm i'm always learning both from my mistakes from other people's mistakes and just in general about as you said you know taking opportunities to go to conferences or or workshops and and just learn what it means and you know and i don't think I don't think I could even define it really that well because of the fact it's constantly evolving in my head how to be inclusive and 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 think about being inclusive. Yeah, like if someone's like, hey, bullet points on how to make things inclusive. It's tough to make a checklist, right? I you could I could define some things, but inclusivity is it's just a way of it's just a way. It's not necessarily a bunch of boxes you can check. Yeah. Not everyone's gonna agree with it, but yeah. you know. The fact that we try, right? Like, I think that's why so many people really respect the work you do with NGConf, right? Is that it's supposed to be a conference that's truly inclusive, right? It's that the Angular community can feel safe together, learn together, challenge ideas together, and grow together, as opposed to like, this doesn't feel like a safe place for me to be, and I don't want to be. And, you know, I think NGConf is well-renowned for being inclusive and and wanting people to be there to learn and share in that together, which is always awesome. You know, like I think that's a really awesome fact of what you guys do. And yeah. gals. I think it's cool to go somewhere you've never been with a group of people you don't know and feel welcome. Right. Like yeah. to have an interaction. And then by the time it's the first night's over and it's dinner time, you're like, Hey, where are we going? for dinner with your new friends that you, you, you've known for less than three hours. Right. I, I, I really, really appreciate about a lot of the different communities I'm a part of. And I, I think the Angular community is one of them. So. Yeah. You know, I, I, my first time attending NGConf, I was still in the 1.0 self-taught days. You know, I wanted to learn more about what this, you know, 2.0 thing was and you know, Dan Wallen and, and John were doing their workshop and I was like, oh, I'll take that. And, you know, and I, I've been friends with those guys and, and, you know, all of you as angry angular family ever since, you know, that, that, that one conference changed a lot about how I viewed angular and the people that were in it. And I made, you know, some lifelong friends out of that. So it was a really special experience and, and conferences in general, you know, the NG Atlanta is just such a great 
great conference for being inclusive and talking about it and meeting new friends and, and lifetime friends and, and so many others. I mean, there's, I could list them for, for days probably. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, you're in the Colorado area. Am I right? Kind yes, of Denver sir. area. Okay. So if anyone, if anyone in your, in your area wants to kind of reach out, get in touch with you, ask for help, ask for advice or anything else, find out about what's going on at Shutterstock. What's the best way to get in touch with you? Twitter. Uh, you know, I, I'm happy to, to contact with you on Twitter. You can also add me on LinkedIn. Uh, I, I add a lot of people on LinkedIn. I love mentorships. So there's, you know, a number of people have reached out to me and just saying, Hey, can you kind of tell me like how you got there and, and stuff I can think about things I can do. And, you know, I'm happy to do that. I love doing that. So I think that would be awesome. So share your, uh, your my spivey on yep. Twitter. Is that you right? M Y S P I V E Y. Yep. Can you guess why my handle is that way? My spivey with my little eye. I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. It's an old school throwback to the early windows days. I couldn't think of a username and my last name was taken and I saw my computer. It used to be, remember, it was always just my computer on Windows. And so I changed it to my Spivey and that just kind of stuck just and it stuck. became a thing. Yeah, it's largely available. Yeah. I've never had to compete for it, thankfully. Yeah. No, let's not even get into that. I'll waste the whole podcast on competing for my name. All right. Um, 95, baby. Yep. That's cool. Um, all right. So, anyone questions, reach out to James, my Spivey on Twitter. Let's move on to picks. Um, I have a pick. It's pretty simple. Uh, React Conf, we mentioned, is going on right now. And there is uh, the MC. Her name is Devon Lindsay. Devon Lindsay. Anyway, her suit that she's wearing to MCN, that is my pick. She has a pretty posh looking suit, but it's Pac Man uh, maze. Nice. The ghosts and the Pac Man. So I'm picking Devon Lindsay's. MC attire for React Comp. That is my pick. So nice. I will share picks in the show notes if you want to see them. You got you got a pick? You got anything you could pick and share with the uh, with the podcast? I think one of the things I'm most excited about right now uh, is that Basil 1.0 just got released. I think that's uh, a big step. You know, Alex Eagle and and everyone at Google that's been working really hard on that. That's going to be a super sweet tool that I think a lot of people in the industry are really going to like. You know, I know there's like pants and some of the other ones, but Basil's Basil's my jam. I'm a Google guy through and through, so I'm yeah. excited. Yeah. Um, so a guy actually on my team, Hero Devs, uh, one of the guys on my team. You know Jorge, Cano? I don't think I know him. No. Jorge's awesome. So yeah, uh, Jorge. He just finished writing his book uh, on Basil, and we're we're working to translate it into English. He wrote it in Spanish, so. Um, oh. That's cool. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Basil as well. So, anyway, James, uh, appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for chatting, sharing some of your knowledge in the industry. And um, to the listeners, I will say thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. See you later. Bye. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit c a c h e f l y dot com to learn more.